all of us collectively, right, as a society are, are grieving how our, our lives have changed, right? How that plays out for each person will just be different. It's our job to uh, you know, be in touch with that and figure that out. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason, and on today's episode, we have Joanna Micah, who is here to talk about grief and the time of COVID-19. I personally lost my grandmother during COVID, and it's just been very strange. So we're very excited to have Joanna on, and I asked my dearest and wonderful, most awesome and fantastic friend, Ashley Gunnels, to join me on this podcast to talk with Joanna because she's also experienced loss in her life. And so before we get to the interview, I just wanted to tell everybody that Joanna is an outreach counselor for the Grief Center in Tulsa. She does grief education in the community, conducts groups in schools, does crisis response, and she also has a private practice as a licensed professional counselor. And I'll probably mention this more than once during this podcast, but the Grief Center, and a lot of people know it as the Tristesse Grief Center, is found online at thegriefcenter.org. So just one quick note, this podcast was recorded before the death of George Floyd, and I just want to say that we're all grieving as a nation. And so so I actually reached out to Joanna and asked her, you know, to give me a, a few words that I can include in this podcast. And this is what she sent me. We discussed the collective grief our country is experiencing involving COVID-19. And I think the same applies to George Floyd and other racial injustices we have witnessed. We are grieving together as a nation and we must connect to this grief. Feel the deep emotions associated with these societal losses and then use our grief to demand change. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you, Joanna. Okay, let's get this conversation started. The mental health download starts now. Okay, so um, Ashley, I'm going to, because you are awesome, I'm going to turn the interview over to you and I'll kind of jump in as needed, but I really want you to sort of share with the audience how you've your own personal story of loss and some of those questions that would be helpful for the audience to to learn from Joanna. So take it away. Perfect. But you have to jump in though, because I feel like your stories too are very, very valuable in this. And so you can't, you can't just back away. You have to jump into this. Will you do that? Do you <laughs> promise will, me will. you'll do that? I will. I promise. Okay. Okay. Because it's. I, I feel like your stories in this would probably be really phenomenal because I think two of yours kind of blend in together. So Joanna, I want to ask kind of two questions for you because I think prior to COVID, Matt and I had talked about doing this podcast solely based on just our past experiences with grief. I think we had talked about that. And so one, I want to talk about kind of just grief in general, what that looks like and kind of the definition of grief, because I think people tend to believe it's just a loss of a loss of someone when I think that's not accurate. And then also I want to at some point cover how I've seen several times mentioned that right now we are all in a stage of grief because we have lost our daily routines. And so I want to also at some point get into that. But can we start with kind of what grief is and how it's not just the loss of someone? And maybe let's go from there. Absolutely. So uh, here's here's the deal with grief. It really is hard to come up with one definition. Normally when I'm with a group, I will ask them to describe grief using 
a picture or an analogy or um, a color, just because I feel like we can connect to our experience, sometimes more from a bottom up approach when it comes to grief. That being said, you know, we, we do have a definition. Normally, the one that I use is grief is what we experience after the loss of someone or something significant in our lives. So, and you're exactly right. It, it's not just what we experience after a death loss, although we definitely experience, you know, a grief, a grief journey after we have somebody close to us who dies, but it's not just in those scenarios that we experience grief. And actually, this is kind of the, I don't know, the cause that I champion at the Grief Center. I've, I've been there since 2011, and every single group that I do, I am presenting it from this standpoint because I think as a society, we really don't do a great job letting people grieve a death loss. I agree. Um, I agree. But wow, letting people just even understanding that what I call life loss exists and that there's a grief you know, experience that people have after those types of losses as a, as a society, we really struggle with that. Can I ask, Joanna, did you recently, did you speak at OU Tulsa last year for the social work students? I did. Yes. Okay. That would, that I remember now that you, when you said that you um, asked about what grief looks like in a, or loss looks like in a picture, it came back to me. I was there in your, in your, in your thing. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that. Yes. And so that was a really, you did a really great job of talking about grief. And I think that would have been one of the things I was like, oh my gosh, she gets it. Obviously you but I was like, oh, I, it makes sense to me. So that's awesome. Yeah. I like Did I have you all do that exercise that day? Yes, I was in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you came up with? I think I did. I think I did maybe like a dark gray cloud is kind of what I thought of. Or the color blue. I think I either did one or the other. I can almost picture myself or either that or someone next to me did the color blue and I did a dark gray cloud. Yeah. Um, Isn't that so powerful? Like yes. I've you know, I've sat in groups where, you know, I've had some of the participants say things like, you know, it's a, a giant wave coming up behind me and it's looming behind me. I'm like, man, I just connect to that. Or it's, you know, the roller coaster, it's all over the place. And, you know, my stomach drops out. Just hearing people identify their grief using the analogies, I think is just so powerful. And I find myself always having kind of a gut reaction or being able to connect to it, you know, physically when I hear the descriptions of it. I think that was what was what stuck out to me is when we did that group, there was a lot of very similar responses, which I thought was neat because there's a lot of, we kind of all, you know, kind of we're in this together and we all kind of, you know, like we see grief as the same type of situation. And so it was neat to see that there's a lot of the same answers. What was interesting is when people, like you said, the roller coaster, that's so valid, but it's not the automatic response I get when I think of grief. But that's what's interesting about grief is that it does, it kind of, after the initial loss to me, which is also gray and dark and sad, after it kind of passes or the years go by, it's almost like a roller coaster of where you thought, you know, you think of people that you've lost and you have, you know, those great memories and stuff. But then there's those days when you see something or hear something or even smell something that reminds you of the person you lost or even a time in, a time in your life that you lost. And it's like a, like a roller coaster of like, wow, I thought I had dealt with that. I thought I was like in this space and then the roller coaster comes and you're like, wow, that was 
I'm brought to tears or my, you know, I physically react to it. It's just very painful. And so that it's interesting that people, the words they use, I thought it was a really powerful tool um, when you did that because it helped, I think, see a lot of things. Yeah. And you know, with grief, you're kind of hitting on it that everybody has their own unique experience of grief, right? How it looks like for me will be different than how it looks like for you and Matt. And that's part of why I think grief can be difficult. I think there's some part of us that wants it all to be the same so that we know how to deal with it. And I think that can make it challenging. But that being said, you know, I I think working with clients who are grieving, helping them to understand why grief is important. I was working with a client last week. And she was talking about how she just, you know, she doesn't want to feel sad. And, you know, I think we're naturally inclined to want to stay away from pain. But, you know, or by definition. Have you heard about people saying they want to move like through it quickly? Like I've yeah. done my crying and now I'm done. I want to move on. I'm For like, sure. hey, why does it have to be so fast? Why does society tell us, tell why does it, what it tells us that we need to, you know, get up and move on and you know even like stop keep going it was sad but you've got to keep going you got to move on and I don't understand why it's such a it's people almost tend to see that it needs to be done quickly and that's kind of a hurtful thing because I don't think you get to fully grieve if you try so hard to please everyone and move quickly through it yeah you know some of that has to do with just other people being uncomfortable when we're sad and maybe, you know, not knowing what to do. That's where people want to step in and fix it or, you know, they want to have the right answers. I think it comes from a good place. They don't want us to hurt or, you know, to experience pain. But by definition, when we do lose someone or something significant, there will be big feelings associated to that. It, it, you know, it honors that experience in our lives. So if, Number one work with my clients who are grieving is helping them to understand that there's a purpose to grief and that purpose is healing. So every time we take something inside and we get it out, there's a healing component to that. So when we cry, when we let ourselves feel the sad feelings, when we you know get in touch with our anger and we move it through and we tell the story, when we talk about it, we're taking something inside and, and we're giving you know, we're giving it a place to go. And that's how we grieve. We move through it. I would, you know, sometimes the whole, the whole point of how long is this going to last? Is it going to be soon? You know, when clients come in and say that to me, I totally get it because, you know, most of the time we don't have a frame of reference for what grief is going to look like. So you're kind, you know, I hear things like, am I crazy? Is this okay? Just want to know this is normal. And that's, you know, that, phrase that grief just is, is really important. Your your grief just is, if it comes up, we don't have to understand why. Our job is just to move towards it and find ways to feel and, you know, get the needs met to take care of ourselves when we're in the middle of it. You know, but the question of how long will this last? I think, you know, there's just something within us that kind of wants to know when I'm going to be on the other side. And that's yeah. normal. A, but... a black and white answer of right. it happened. How long do I need? Like two months, three months, a week? Like people want that answer. Like, and it'll be over. And I think it's what I've learned is it, it doesn't really ever go away. You're always going to have th- those people or those events that are in your life that that are not there anymore you miss them. And so it's always kind of there. And I just think it's interesting that kind of it, I like that the grief, it just is. I like that you said, I'm a big component of feeling your feelings. 
I, I think that a lot of time we just push past them or try to get past them. And I'm a big, I love, I love, I mean, you got to feel your feelings. If not, they're just going to build up. And so I love that you said that because you got to feel them to kind of take, to move on and get past it. So I love that you said that. Matt Gleason, you better pop in here. I know you have lots to say. So it's just been, it's been a rough last couple of years. I lost my sister a couple of years ago. I lost my brother about a year and a half, two years ago. And then it's just my parents are uh, both still alive. God bless them. And hopefully listening to this podcast. Hi, mom and dad. They better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just been, they actually moved from where I grew up in Amarillo, Texas to about a minute and 34 seconds away from my house here in Tulsa, <laughs> which is awesome. And it's been awesome having them so close because I can hug and I can tell them that I love them. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's just being in together and grieving, you know, on those birthdays of my brother and sister and, you know, just those moments of social interaction that are so important. My, my parents are obviously, they are, they are still deep in the grieving process. And, you know, I talked to my mom last night and I was like, you know, Pete's birthday's coming up on Friday. And she's like, oh yeah, I know. I've been, you know, it's that grief that sort of you you want to celebrate them, but it's also like, oh, those those birthdays are so rough. And, you know, it breaks my heart because she was like, you know, I just I just want to hug you, Matt. You know, I just want us to be together and, you know, <laughs> have some drinks and cry and those sort of things. And we can't do that, you know, like we're going to have Zoom calls, which is weird because she's literally so close. But and then, you know, the, the next part is that my my father's mother, Kathleen Gleason, she was 92. She died on March 14th and that was the week of spring break. And that was really here in Oklahoma. That's really when everything got really real. Everybody was bracing for the worst of COVID. And, you know, it's just been weird as far as losing my grandmother who I, we, we lost my grandfather a couple of years ago. And I learned that that grieving process was wonderful with him because it was all of uh, my aunts and uncles sitting around telling stories, hugging, telling each other that we love each other. Just uh, along with, you know, when, when I lost my brother and sister, it was that same deal. Like, you know, people brought food and it was that whole traditional grieving process. And, you know, it's been really strange to lose my grandmother and it's like, yeah, she she died. We'll celebrate her someday together. So, I mean, I think that's so weird. I think it's, it's like so you said, weird. you need, like, I feel like what has helped me when in times of mourning was, like you said, the hugs and just being near your family, even just like just being close to them and knowing that they're all, we're all in the same room together or we're all safe and we, like, I can see you and we can hug and we can share stories and not being able to have that right now. Matt, how has it differed from like in the past when you, when you when you were able to do that does it feel i mean yeah. i just can't imagine i feel like there's no way to like even start the grieving process is what it sounds like to me yeah so there's that sort of emptiness there's no closure i also want to talk to joanna about sort of that grief of the life before you know that we are grieving as a planet right now the life before covid we are grieving you know and so i grieve for the dad that I had before my brother and sister died and before my grandmother died. And, you know, there's, there's all those different morphing 
forms of grief that are that I've experienced and I find really fascinating in how I'm dealing with them and how others deal with them. And so that's why Joanna, I was so excited for you to be here. So I'm going to stop rambling on and I'm going to ask you an actual question, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, as someone who has lost someone during a time of COVID, what advice are you giving to people just like me who cannot grieve in that traditional way? Right. Well, first, I just want to acknowledge, you know, how important with when it comes to grief, how important community is. You know, you guys talked about it and it's it is part of what brings us together as we support each other. And, you know, I have memories of that, too, after my grandparents died, you know, some part of what eased the pain was being with maybe even family members that I have hadn't seen in a while and telling the stories and sharing the sadness together and and laughing together, you know, just how with COVID that's being interrupted. And it just is. And, you know, I, I keep using this word, I don't know if it's accurate or not, but I feel like the pandemic is really complicating our grief experience. And Matt, you also use the word closure too, that comes from, you know, a funeral or, you know, gathering together, you know, even if we are able to see the body, there's closure that happens with that. And again, we know that's being interrupted right now. And the traditional, you know, experiences that we have after a death loss, you know, we're, we're unable to do them during this time. So, you know, I, I don't really know how that the effects of that, you know, I don't think any of us do at this point in time, we'll watch and observe. I, I think we can ask ourselves like what, you know, look at past experiences, what parts were helpful when I was, you know, after a death loss and, and be creative. You know, I, I do know we're very resilient people. We're watching that happen during the pandemic. You know, if, if it felt important to share stories, then finding ways to do that. If, you know, if it felt important to memorialize the person, then finding ways to do that. And in the midst of the pandemic, you know, what are practical things that we can do right now? And then what are the things that we know we need to do later on? And it's just, it's, I keep coming back to complicated. It's very complicated during this time. So what about in those instances that I've read about and I've just tore my heart out of people who, you know, they, their, their, their loved one got sick very quickly. They were in a hospital. They couldn't be with them when they passed. And then what that must be like in the grief process, you know, in that instance, what would you tell somebody of like, yeah. Well, and I, I, in my private practice, specialize in trauma and, you know, I, I would be exploring, you know, just the trauma component of, you know, how a death like that, you know, is there trauma associated to it? I would imagine that there is, you know, implementing some of the techniques to help with the trauma component of it. When we are, when we have memories stored in a traumatic state, it makes it really hard to grieve. So we, we want to deal with the trauma, right? Which 
when we have a trauma replay or get triggered in the present, it feels like I'm right back there. It's really hard to grieve when I am re-experiencing that memory as if I'm back, you know, months ago or weeks ago. So we would be doing a lot of trauma work if I were working with a client and helping regulate their nervous system and, and really moving the trauma through so that then it frees them up to be able to, uh, you know, fully be, be able to grieve. The other side of it too is, you know, whether there's trauma or not, I, th- I think that immediately following a significant loss, you know, we kind of go into the survival mode where, you know, the purpose of it is we find ourselves doing things that we couldn't imagine that we, you know, would have to do and we're taking care of things. And they're really in that part of the journey, there's kind of a disconnect from, you know, the reality of the loss, those deeper feelings associated to it. And I I think it's protective and necessary. So, you know, a lot of people who this, the COVID-19, it's, it's still so new, right? So a lot of people might be in just that state where it's like, you know, I can't move into grief yet because I'm still navigating what my world is like from that survival standpoint. And, and this is really important to hear what happens is, and, you know, I never give a time frame, but it might be months down the road as we begin to move out of that survival, you know, just that protective state and or year down the road when we start fully integrating in that this loss actually happened or what feelings are associated to it. And that can be really confusing to somebody who is grieving and it can be especially confusing to their family members or their employers. But I think it's helpful to understand that. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm glad that you mentioned the trauma part. I was going to ask because I think it was one of my biggest questions is what does it look like when grief is associated with trauma? um, And you answered it perfectly. I think that's, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Joanna. So let's talk about, you know, we're, we're all getting used to this virtual world where we're all communicating and connecting through zoom calls and that sort of thing. And I, I understand that you've, you've done some of that virtual counseling. What has that been like for you? What have been sort of the pros and cons of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I remember, you know, the beginning of this, realizing that I was going to need to shift to, uh, you know, online sessions and, you know, part of it, just the unknown of what is that even going to be like and how does this even work? It feels so, you know, just counterintuitive to what counseling actually is. And so in the beginning, I was once I just like, you just have to dive in. This is what we have. And I remember the first couple of weeks being, you know what, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Sometimes I forget that I'm on a computer, um, still seeing my clients, I still see their faces. That being said, it is exhausting. For some, I don't even know. And there's been some articles put out on the different aspects of it. But I, you know, I can only see about half the clients that I was able to face to face. And so it's, it's, it's exhausting, but I'm, I'm appreciative that we have that as an option, you know, the blessing of technology during this time, but definitely for me personally, it's not ideal. It's not what I want, you know, just from that face-to-face connection that you get with your clients, but it's definitely better than I imagined that it would be. Yeah. Matt, can I ask a question? 
Yeah, most definitely. It's going to, and I don't want to interrupt if you're going to ask a question this too, but no, I was wondering how, what, Joanna, what does it look like? Have you had any clients that are grieving just kind of like we had talked about earlier, just our loss of our daily life and our routines. What does it look like? What does grief of that look like compared to like a, a death loss? Or is it kind of the universal, like grief kind of has its universal components? What is the, what does it look like? Yeah, definitely all of us collectively, right? As a society are, are grieving how our, our lives have changed, right? How that plays out for each person will just be different. Kind of goes back to that unique component of what does grief look like for me? What does it look like for you? Uh, it's, it's our job to, uh, you know, be in touch with that and figure that out. So, you know, questions that I might ask my clients are, you know, what are the things that are working for you? You know, I'm, I'm always wanting to connect to that resilient part of each one of us, like, what are new things that you're trying that you didn't expect to be trying and, uh, you know, giving them opportunity to share in that, but then also asking like, what's been the hardest part of this for you? And it's different for each person. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe when we're able to just share our story and, uh, you know, have it be heard or held, contained, then there's, that's a very powerful experience. And personally, when, when somebody just sits and listens to me, like even, you know, Matt asking about how's it been doing online, there was something to me that was like, okay, I can talk about how hard this is because it is, it has, it's draining. And there's, there's almost like kind of a release that happens within me as I have been given permission to, you know, just label what it's like and have that just be held without somebody going, well, you should just be thankful that you, you know what I mean, without having somebody dismiss what you're feeling. And the same is true when it comes to the effects of, you know, how the pandemic is impacting each one of us. We have to, you know, we have to label the different aspects of the loss. If we don't have awareness of it, then then we can't process, you know, what the experience is like for us. And, but how it's impacting different people is, you know, just different, depending on how they're wired, depending on their own past experiences, depending on the level of impact that it's had on them. And, you know, I, I believe in just the power of giving people a place to be able to unpack all of that and how healing that is. I love that. I love that. Joanna, so as we sort of close things down here, I just have a couple more questions. So one of the things, and my friends who have lost uh, loved ones, we have this conversation a lot of, you know, when someone dies, your friends and family and coworkers, it's, you, you, it's weird, <laughs> you know, it's, and, you know, nobody knows what to say, you know, they, they worry that they're saying cliche things, which usually they do. And, or they don't know, want to bring it up at all. A, a lot of times to like re-traumatize you or like at you. Exactly. Or, you know, and a lot of times people will be like, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to hug you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, or they just give you that look, you know, in the office or wherever of like, I see you. I know that you're suffering. You know, just things that can only happen in a one-to-one, you're in the same room moment. And so, it's it's awkward enough in those situations. And I always tell people, just tell me, 
you know, this sucks. That's all I want to hear. I don't want to hear anything else. I just want someone to say, you know what? This sucks. I'm really sorry this happened. I don't want anything else. I don't want... That's just how I've dealt with things. And and I do. I have appreciated the hugs. And, you know, it's just those little... Th- or the, the little things of like somebody patting you on the shoulder when they can tell that you're having a bad day. Those, those things. So, in this time of COVID... You know, what what advice would you have for people who have who are trying to offer condolences to people who have lost someone? What what's the same? Maybe what's different? What you know? Yeah. Yeah, that that, you know, what I love about how you asked that, Matt, is when you moved into this is what I tell people I want, because when it comes to grief, it is our job individually, you know, to own our own grief. And, and part of that is, you know, the reality that I'm the only one that knows what I need. And that's one of the most powerful things that we can do for our, our family and our friends is, is be willing. And really it takes a lot of courage to, you know, have the conversations of this is what I'm needing today. I encourage my clients to say, can you add at the end of that? That's where I am today. If it changes, I'll let you know, because, you know, we've all had where somebody says, I just don't want to talk about it. And a year later in our mind, we're like, okay, remember a year ago, they said they don't want to talk about it. I will never bring it up to them. And that's not how grief works, right? It's in that moment, they didn't want to talk about it. You know, as as a family member or a friend supporting somebody, then, you know, when we hear them, you know, tell us what they need, you know, we can, we can help it and help them by saying things like, you know what, is it okay if I just check in periodically and you can tell me same, I just want you to tell me it sucks. And that's where I still am. Or, you know, can you commit to me to letting me know if that does change or let me know if I'm doing things that aren't helping you or if you need me to change the way that I'm responding to you, right? It, it, it allows, it, you're freeing them up to, you know, it's empowering for somebody who's grieving and you can let them know that I see you, I hear you, I'm willing to do whatever it is you need, but also allowing them to have ownership of their grief experience. If, if you know, I'm always hesitant to ever prescribe any way of dealing with somebody who's grieving because it's so different for each person. And somebody actually might like those cliche <laughs> responses. You know, how, how are we to know? You know, I, I do personally, like what I've learned working at the Grief Center the past nine years is typically, well, really, I've become aware of what it feels like within me when somebody's bringing their grief to me. And my reaction inside is I'm somehow wanting to fix it, or say the right thing or take away their pain. And I've tried to now I'm work in progress, I don't always get it right. But I've tried to just really become a good student of myself and have awareness of you know, I describe it, I kind of have a rising up within me or, you know, just I'm, I'm not even really listening anymore because I'm thinking about how, how am I going to respond to make this better? And when I feel that within me, I try to just remain quiet because really not when, when it comes to grief, what people need is a, a place, right? A safe place where they're able to, you know, talk about what they're feeling, you know, 
make sense of how this loss has impacted them, they don't need people fixing it. That's not what grief is, right? That's not how we help somebody when they're grieving. Um, And actually, what I see is normally they're not going to bring it back up to you when you do that, right? When you try to minimize their pain or their sadness or give them, you know, a solution to how they can fix it. That's not what people need when, when they're grieving. They need their story to be held, they need somebody that is safe enough to stay with them when they're sad and, you know, when they're mad at the world. And so, you know, giving people permission to own their experience. So how does that, you know, how is it different now with COVID-19? I, I don't think that it is, right? Now, we may have to be really intentional and creative and because, like you said, Matt, we, we can't do the hugs or we can't do the pat on the shoulder the way that we were able to, you know, a couple of months ago. So we may have to be really creative in how we do, you know, respond to somebody who's grieving. But I, th- I think the principles still stand. Well, I love how you said earlier to Joanna, you said that what you've seen from this, and I think we all agree over the world that we have seen our resiliency as human, even though the community isn't physically there, it's so there. We've become creative. We are still being social, but we're just not physically close to each other right now. And I think that when you mentioned that, it's it was kind of like a light bulb, like, yes, this is hard. But I mean, the silver lining, if there is one that we have to try to find during these hard times, is that we are so resilient and that we are still able to be helpful to each other and kind of still do that. So I don't know. That was, I, I really appreciated that when you said yeah. that. Yeah. Community looks a little different, right? Than what we're used to. And even what we, I believe what we were created, you know, we think we were created to be in community um, in a different way than we are right now. But, you know, we can, we can step outside of it and go, this is temporary for now. And let's, let's deal with it in the best way that we know how. And, yeah, tap into that creative side of us, which I see happening all over the place. Pretty amazing, actually. It is. It really, really is. I feel like I've just had my own little grief session with you, Joanna, and I kind of love it. I do. I'm like over here. I'm like, you can't see me, but I've like had tears a few times. But just hearing someone else say some things that I've tried to, that you hear other people say, or, you know, in the media or other like outlets and, but hearing you kind of say these things as a professional counselor in the grief setting, I think really, really helps to hear. So hopefully everyone that listens to this will feel the same way because I feel like it's just been really helpful. So. Yeah. Okay. Now I Joanna, I just wanted you to offer people some of those resources that you direct them to, whether it's online or, you know, obviously the grief center is an amazing resource, but just, just, you know, direct people to some of those really helpful services. For sure. Yeah. It, if anybody is struggling in any way, then I encourage you to reach out. And, you know, from a grief standpoint, even if you're, you know, trying to navigate how does, you know, the losses, how they impacted me as I'm, you know, struggling through the pandemic or, you know, I think also it's really normal to have prior losses that you have experienced, you know, maybe they aren't even related to the pandemic, but, but you're having a reaction to those losses or it's bringing up stuff. Maybe it's, you know, it feels like 
people, you know, I don't have the ability to connect to people and that's, you know, bringing up a different layer of your loss, then I would encourage people to reach out to the grief center. You know, people can just call and you don't even have to schedule an appointment to say, I'm kind of struggling with this today, you know, be heard in that, you know, 10 minute kind of check in. Or they can call and schedule an individual session with one of our amazing counselors, and they will schedule that online session and talk you through. But if anybody is struggling in any area, you know, I, I, I you know, I always point people to two one one right now. If it's, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how to get food. I'm not sure how to. There's so many. You know, I know our community, the Tulsa community, has been working. You know, just above and beyond to make sure that people's needs are getting met. So I, I think 211 is the great place to start. If you're looking for additional resources, we encourage people to call them, reach out. Um, I also just really quick want to give a plug for Mental Health Association of Oklahoma. We offer free virtual support groups. You can go to mhaok.org forward slash support groups and get all the details on how to join those. You know, we have some that are specifically for people dealing with the stress of COVID-19. But we've also got our support groups for um, survivors of suicide, which is a a free support group for people who have lost someone to suicide. Um, So please reach out for help. And our number is uh, in the Tulsa area is 918-585-1213. And in the Oklahoma City area, it's 405-943-3700. And those, those virtual support groups are offered across the state. Anybody can join those. Uh, we've actually got people from other states participating. And so with with all that being said, the, the last thing that we do here, Joanna, at the end of every podcast, we ask the guests to share, you know, uh, a few parting words, a bit of wisdom, and then say our rallying cry, which is go do good things. So Joanna, take it away. To go back to something I said earlier, that grief just is, you know, there's not a right or wrong way to experience grief. We can decide for ourselves when it's healthy or unhealthy, right? But grief reactions, grief experiences, they just are and they serve a purpose, right? When we get in touch with the grief that we're experiencing and we allow ourselves permission to feel those feelings and work through the meaning of the loss, then that always leads to healing. So I just encourage people to be open to that. So I guess I'll end us on go do good things.